welcome to episode two of Just Going For A Drive. I'm Sam, and if you've ever had an opinion about how wheels look on cars, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm Nick, and if you're the kind of person for whom going for a drive is the destination, this is the podcast for you. On this podcast, we talk about cars and driving, and every episode we divide it into roughly three parts with appendices. The first part will be talking about the experience of driving, what it's like out there on the tarmac. Mostly the tarmac, we're not doing dirt. No. no. The second part will be car stories. Last week we heard about Nick's first car. Yep. This week we're going to hear about my first car. Oh, what a first car. Yeah, what a first car it was. And our third section, our third and final section, is we put the spotlight on a particular brand of car, what it's like to share the roads with these uh, these particular things. And we gave ourselves about one episode to not do this car, but I think we've really got to get... We've got to, got to get it off our chest. The Holden Captiva. Oh. If you've got thoughts or feelings about it, you'll definitely want to listen to that section. If you've got one, you're definitely not listening to this podcast. This so is not the podcast for you. No, you, um, you've <laughs> you stumbled into the wrong podcast. Yeah, driving is not for you. So section one, let's talk about mobile phones. Mobile phones when you're driving. Nick, yeah, you, you drove here. We record this podcast in my sumptuous library of uh, intelligence and carpets and dead uh, dead moths. But you were telling me that you had Don't an experience. Don't make it sound too good. <laughs> I mean, the dead moths are uh, artistic. But um, Nick, you were, you were telling me you had an experience with mobile phones on the way up here. Well, look, it's impossible not to have an experience these days. I, everyone is always on their phone rather than driving. And yeah, I mean, there was multiple times on the short drive up here, it's less than 30 minutes away, and there was multiple times I'm driving behind people and they are swerving between lanes, looking down almost exclusively at their laps. And I know that we can't all be driving without pants. So it was just, I mean, it's... Time it's used so to be, if you saw someone, yeah, like their their wheels are going over just every bit of paint on the road, like the side, the, you know, the painted bit of the side, or yeah. you would go, oh, drunk. Exactly. The good old days. The good old days when it was definitely drunk. Yeah. Now people are just, yeah, driving seems to be such a chore for some people that they just need to jazz it up. It's like, this driving is boring. I got to look at my phone. I mean, I know it's, you know, not everyone loves driving, but is it so un engaging that you need to just quickly check yeah i feel like when the idea of driverless cars first was floated i thought no this isn't going to take off people are not going to be in for this but the more i see people totally disengaged from the driving process while driving the more i think it's gonna it's gonna be the future driverless cars are i mean we already have them they're called taxis sure but there's someone there there's someone there interacting. Like if, if I mean, you, they're on their phone. Yeah, if you, the people, the place where people most like looking at their phones is pretty much. Actually, no, it's everywhere, isn't it? It's Walking everywhere. along the street, but you're slobbed on the couch. You're looking at your phone. You've got your hoodie on. You're in a comfort zone. I think that comfort zone just extends out to literally anywhere you're sitting down. Now, cars. Exactly. I mean, the amount of times you uh, you'd be in the office or something, and someone comes out of the toilet and they're still looking at their phone, and you know they've had it the whole time. It's like that. It's, it's so unhygienic. Have you ever seen someone, we're both identifying as men here, and so visit the male urinal. Sure. Clad toilets. Have you ever seen someone on their phone 
while at the urinal. You don't have to demonstrate it. Yeah, I have actually. And I've... It's weird, isn't it? How yeah, do you... Absolutely. <laughs> Further to that, I've seen someone on their phone at the urinal and then dropped it into the urinal. No. Yeah. And without without a second thought, just plucked it straight up oh. and stay. Oh. Now, now, for me, like, I'm not... Was this... Tell me... Tell me that this was at a pub or something where there's drinking. This was this was at a, a ski resort and certainly drinking was happening. But this person was not was not intoxicated. Let's say he could have driven. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah, he dropped his phone and he picked it up with without without even pausing. And for me, like I'm not a millionaire, but if I drop a phone in the toilet, I'm happy to say that's gone. <laughs> if, if someone's willing to to take that, go nuts. It's no longer my phone. Are you still going after your SIM card? No, that can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that precious. Look, I can't say that I wouldn't immediately grab it back, but it would be a, it would be an involuntary reaction. I would say there's no five second rule with urinals. No, if it that. touches it, it's gone. Yeah. Look, just uh, steering back towards mobile phones, oh, we yeah, can good employ idea. one of many car based puns. I, I I love driving as well, but I catch the bus to work. And from the outset, I love catching the bus. It, you're being mm. chauffeured. You're sitting up high above the the rabble on the roads. You're reading your book. I, I really, really enjoy. It. I get to you know, you get to walk to and to and from there. That's that's not driving to me. I'm being transported. That's what I really, really enjoy. But I catch the bus through town, and you know, the thing you sort of the thing I see the most often is like, yes, people are on their phones because I'm sitting up high enough above to see literally ev- into every single car. And yeah, people are. Sometimes they're twiddling with the radio, but yeah, they're on their phone or they're poking a, you know, they're poking the GPS to kind of, where am I? Oh, I'm in, in town. I've got to turn left. The shocking thing I see, and this isn't, I see this at least a couple of times a bus trip, is I see someone, yep, they're on their phone. They've, they're parked, they're pulled up at the lights. Fine. They're not moving. They're on their phone. Fine. But they're not checking texts or anything. They're not quickly sending something and, you know, oh, it's so urgent. I've just got to send a text out and let people know that I'm alive or fine. Right. I've seen people scrolling Instagram and stopping, liking a picture, and then better leave a little comment while, that, they're, while they're driving. I've been glued to the window going, can you fucking believe what I'm seeing here? Look at this person. They are typing away and you see them do the little the head flick up and the head flick down. Typey, typey, typey. Is this stopped at the lights or is this while rolling? No, this is stopped at the lights, but right. it's peak hour. You know, you've got to, you're not stuck there. You've got to be sort of paying attention and rolling forward. And, and this yeah. isn't like a one-off. I'll, I will see this. It's, we're recording this on a Sunday. I guarantee that I will see this at least once when I catch the bus home. Absolutely. And you, you'll see it. You'll see it all the time because it is so ubiquitous and because I would say optimistically... 90% of people are on their phones all the time I wanted, while driving. I want to say that's too high, but it's not. You look around at the traffic lights, everyone's looking down in their laps. We can't all have venereal diseases. Maybe a couple do. They're just doing a quick spot, sure. spot stop check. Spot check, so to speak. But um, yeah, no, they, yeah, look around at the lights. Everyone is on their phones. And I've seen it where we've got multiple lanes, the lights go green. Cars start moving from one lane, obviously 
they don't start moving straight away because the person at the front of that queue needs to put their phone away. Yeah. But when they do start moving, there can be six, seven, eight more cars go past a still stationary car in the other lane because they haven't even looked up from their phone. That person's still... Still commenting. Still commenting. Yeah. Just doing the old stuck in traffic hashtag. <laughs> and that the person, yeah, holding all the people up on their mobile phone, they will be commenting something and not typing it perfectly and then hitting backspace to make sure that they've right written the word that they want in and they'll be bemoaning autocorrect. Someone's held up traffic because they're there trying to like write in, ah, oh, it said duck. <laughs> That's not right. That's not good. Well, they might not be driving perfectly, but they want to have something done perfectly. You know those those sort of scenes of like uh, in movies where the professor or the drill sergeant comes out and goes, "Everyone, every one of you, look left and look right. Uh, one of those people is going to be dead or failed by the end of this movie." <laughs> that's that's what I do at traffic lights now. I pull up and I look left and I look right and I look forward, and every single one of those people. Is on their phones. They're all looking down. Jeez, oh, well, you've been there for some time. And, uh, you've driven a long way south. I've got uh, yeah, I've got the voices ringing in my head. What I like to do when I I don't know if you do this, but when I pull up at the lights and I am right next to someone who's just nose in lap, face yeah. on the phone, is I kind of wait for a bit and then I rev the engine and just lean the car forward a bit. You know, just just get to be yep, whoop, yep. just drift forward a bit. And the, the head flick up, you watch them flick up, they grab the steering wheel and they, they themselves roll forward without checking what's happening. They've just been aware that there's been a noise and oh, we're moving now. Mm, reflex. Just a reflex yeah. roll forward into someone. It's a it's a shooty game to play, but... It's a dangerous game to play. Well, I don't do it. <laughs> the thing is, I'll, I'll do it with someone who's next to me and I'm also aware that that'll probably fool someone behind me as well and they'll go, oh, I'm supposed to be going, kadonk. Yeah. It's, yeah. And more more repairs for you. Yeah. Mobile phones. Yeah. I, the worst. I've started doing a... It's probably showing my age as well. as now I... Of course, I'm always car spotting, but now I'm driver spotting and particularly when you see like, you know, the Hilux dual cab ute trucks that are everywhere yeah yeah anytime yeah. you see one of those if it's turning a corner the person driving will have one you can see one fist at the middle <laughs> of the tops at top of the steering wheel safe and you'll see the top of their head because they've been looking at their phone on their way around a corner yeah well that in in those instances they are probably just checking that the apprentice is doing what they're supposed to be doing and then realizing that they themselves that are the apprentice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've done the wrong thing yeah, I mean, is obviously we're the kind of people that love driving. Yeah, we love driving. But is driving so boring for other people that they have to be on the phone just to just to take some of the tedium out? I feel like part of this podcast is going to be us perhaps understanding that mentality, or maybe not. Maybe getting way more upset about it. Well, perhaps down the track we can we can um, stop someone and uh, <laughs> quick, have a quick break their phone. Uh, have a friendly chat. A friendly chat at the traffic lights. Obviously, we've all, we've all got time to kill at the traffic light. So much time. Why not have a chat? I have a vague sort of, you know, you know where you sort of have little mental games for yourself where you're a superhero, you save babies from burning buildings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 I could definitely do that. I'd definitely run in. I quite often have the picture of myself being in traffic light, just holding up the, uh, you know, the the, 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 the phone the hand The universal signal. sign of the phone, the thumb the up. Listeners, I'm, um, the I'm doing out. the uh, little pinky out and the thumb up sign. Old and school I, phone. The old school phone. And I really want to catch someone's eye and put the 
the handphone up to my head and then give them a big frowny and hang it up for them. Like, no. Oh, that's good. Don't you reckon? They they will probably think that you're just asking them to call you. Yeah. You know they've got their phone handy. Uh, what's your number? <laughs> yeah, it won't work, will it? Well, in my fantasy, that doesn't Not with that happen. face. Yeah. It, actually, in my fantasy of where I aggressively hang up the handphone oh, in their faces. so good. I, I don't know what happens next. I think... I think that the first thing that would happen would be that, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what's this? What's this? Yeah. Are you Richie Ditch? <laughs> That's a that's an old reference. <laughs> Still checks that's out. Even, that's even that's even more old than the old phone. <laughs> and hanging up the that's phone. That's where the phone comes from. Putting the putting the receiver into the cradle. That's that is old school. But we're old school dudes. Are we though? Yeah. Nah. Look, I don't know. I'm not going to agree with myself 100 percent of the time. No. Nah. I mean, we're doing a podcast about <laughs> about how nice driving is and about how people should be on their phones and it's terrible. Should be paying attention. Well, duh. yeah, mobile phones. It's mind boggling. You can sort of sit there and you, I, I just want to keep kind of puzzling it out. What are you like? What else are you doing on a phone? But I don't I don't think I should. Well, do you do you ever do the thing where you see someone on their phone and this is obviously you see someone daily on their phone. Yeah. But do you always do you ever try and get inside their head as in like you you do the voice of them? Like you see them talking on the phone. You're like, I'm I'm driving I'm driving Dave I've got to get off the phone and you hang up no you hang up <laughs> love you <laughs> love you I mean that's what hands free is now for you can yeah. have those conversations but no one <laughs> no one does no I, one's calling it's funny I still I still see to this day people not on the hands free but with the phone to their ear as they're driving just just old school like whatever. Because there was a crackdown not that long ago. The police came out. Right, we're going to crack down on people on their phones. If you get caught on your phone, it's a $1,000 fine. Yeah, that's right. Nothing happened. Weren't they going to put up specially equipped video cameras that were going to catch people on their phones? And they were starting to work in New South Wales a bit. And Yeah, I never heard anything about it. Though I guess the people that have been caught from that are then not tweeting about it so you don't hear about it. Ah, they might like yeah. We've got to wait like twelve months. You got to wait. 12 Hashtag months. I'm back and I haven't learned a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for it to filter down into the, the commercial news networks who get all their news from social media. Mobile phone just like driving justice is like waiting for Donald Trump justice. It's not going to happen. You want it to happen. It's definitely should happen. Why hasn't it happened? Yeah. Where are the public floggings? Yeah, you need yeah, you need more more naming and shaming, more pinging like this guy on the phone. On the phone. Yeah. Oh, what they should do is they should if you get caught, you pay the fine, but you also have to pay to get a big red light installed on top of your car, like you know those Domino's pizza signs that like magnet on top of your car when you're a delivery oh, kid. Oh yeah. Ding. Yeah. I am on the phone and it just gets set off by oh, your yeah. own like a modern operation. version of the scarlet letter. Oh yes, being branded. A big scarlet P. What's yeah. the P for? Phone. But the, what's the P for? <laughs> <laughs> you damn kids. <laughs> yes, okay. the scarlet phone. Mm. You'd look like a phone salesperson. <laughs> you would look like a phone salesman. Those old days. You'd, yeah. you'd have people of a certain age tapping on your window and going, uh, do you have any good deals on just a simple phone that makes calls? All I want to do is make calls. <laughs> No, it's a. Nah, you don't make calls anymore. No, no one makes calls. No, you got to put it in a message, 
Send it through WhatsApp. Leave a TikTok. Or even better, the, the messages that are audio messages. Just ring oh, me. Oh, yeah. Is, what, how's that different to, okay, I'll ring you. you. You didn't get through. Leave a message on the machine. God, I'm sounding older. Oh, my God. It's horrible. Let's, <laughs> it's so, let's, so let's move on from phones before I really reveal. Yeah, we, yeah before you much. reveal too much. Way too much. No, we'll move on. Move on. All right, th- let's, talk about, let's talk about your first ever car. The first oh, ever yeah. car, the one that started it all. Yes. First of all, that started at the very beginning. What was it? My first car, listeners, was a Mazda 323 two-door. Shades? No. Oh, yeah. Pre-shades. Pre-shades. Yes, it was, the, um, it was the edition that didn't have all the fancy stuff, like a sticker that said shades. shades. <laughs> this was a... Now, let me see if I can get the year right. I want to say 1980. Say it then. You're a big boy. 1980 Mazda. You know it. You know it. Three, two, three. Doof, doof, doof. The doors made up probably 40% of the car's entire weight. Yep. They were long and heavy and they they, they, they echoed around the street. Satisfying. It got stolen a few times before it became my car. This was my mum's car. Did she steal it? Uh, no. Okay. No, no. She had it stolen. People would break into it at the front of the house and then they would break into it but not take it anywhere occasionally. People would break into it and smoke inside it. Wow. I'd get into school to like you know to be driven to school in this car that would soon become mine. And you'd smell like smells oh cigarettes and there'd be the ashtray would be full. That's weird. We'd weird it had weird thieves. And one time it got stolen out the front of the house and that was very sad, but then it turned up a few blocks away. And it was during the Royal Showtime. I lived Near the show, the Royal Adelaide show, but just far enough away that it's sort of a pain to walk there. <laughs> so someone just... So if you're walking around the show all day, then your feet are sore. Or, and then... Or someone was... Go- anyway, it, it, the, during showtime, it got stolen twice during show years and ended up a few blocks closer to the show from mum and dad's house. So wow. they'd broken into it, hot-wired it, gotten it going with no key, and then driven it down the road and gone, yeah, this is far enough, I'll just leave it here. It used Why to, not? like, the, the, the door lock on it was so, it had been busted so many times that you could open it sort of with a, a firm, flat stick. Or just a stern word, perhaps. Uh, well, it was, no, it was, it was a solid car. There was no right. kind of, yeah, no, it was quite stubborn. But um, it had the round headlights, had oh. rear-wheel drive. It was a hatchback, a two-door hatchback with, like, a, a hot a, hatch. With a transmission tunnel. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Well, in some no, I don't wave around that that, that oh, hot word on it. Yeah, those things get pretty hot. There's no tinted windows. No, uh, the windows were huge though. So if you yeah. wound it down, you were essentially like you know those Morris miners that just oh. had the canvas doors. That's <laughs> just like being outside. What it a was great, it was a real treat. I'm getting real nostalgic here actually. But anyway, I got it. It was my mum's car, and then it became my first car, and I offered her three hundred dollars for it, which I haven't haven't paid her yet. No, I haven't paid that three hundred dollars. I'm sorry about that, mum. I don't. Um, yeah. yeah, well, that's that's how much it costs to fill up these days. I don't so imagine. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll, that for I'll put some instead. petrol in one of your <laughs> in <the> tank <laughs> as by way of compensation. Well, yeah, okay. that was my first car. It was five speed as well. Wow. Had a little. I had a, got a wooden gear knob for it, like a Porsche Carrera. <laughs> wow. Leopard leopard screen seats. And the first car I got fluffy dice for the rear <laughs> rear view. Overcapitalized there. I put stereo. I, I I learned how to put stereo speakers in, like. Basically stripping wires and then wiring them to a speaker and wow. kind of screwing it into a door that I'm pretty sure was, it wasn't cardboard, but it was definitely wasn't anything more sturdy yeah. than real cheap chipboard. This is showing your age more than the phone thing. 
installing the speakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would, uh, I would attempt to upgrade some speakers now, but I would, I would think about it, know that I could do it, and then just take it to a place. Yeah, yeah. Having a professional do it is get a real man to do it. So yeah, yeah. so much just more fulfilling, and it, it comes out better. Yeah, good. Yeah, like I learned to drive in that car. Yeah, you always remember your first. I think everyone does. It's it's yeah. the party trick was that the handbrake didn't work very well, and so you, but it was very loud. Like <laughs> that's the noise that it make. And so I would drive around with my friends. At we'd be driving along the highway at about sixty. The highway at sixty. <laughs> this is the vehicle's maximum speed, and. I would go, hey, check this out. Handbrake turn. And then I'd wrench the handbrake and make this loud, ratchety sort of roar. And I'd kind of wrap my elbow around the steering wheel. And passengers screamed and they loved it. I oh. loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I imagine they did. I imagine they did. Yeah. What about, what about any troubles? Did you have any troubles with this car? Any breakdowns? Well, I probably did. I think this is a th- this is the thing about, you know, when you get a car is that you don't, if, if you're not, really into cars anyway you learn about cars by force because anything that breaks in that car you then just know about yeah like you something something's wrong and then mechanic tells you this is a solenoid and you then you have to know what a solenoid is and where it is and what they're going to do to it and how much it's going to cost it's the thing that round goes roundy round and it sometimes works if you hit it with a hammer oh yeah exactly so the solenoid busted on it once that um reminds me that it's very frustrating and you feel as jealous as you are, you feel sorry for uh, some kids who have wealthy parents and you see a P-plate sticker hanging off an X5, mum's Chelsea tractor, mm. and you just, you, you don't know. You don't know what you're missing out on. You need you need the progression. You need to, for want of a better word, you need a shitbox first and you need to build up. Yeah. and Because you don't appreciate it. You don't appreciate the... You don't get any experience with yeah. mum's X5. That's right. You don't appreciate the more comfortable and luxurious cars which you which you will no doubt get when you become older and <laughs> have a job have a job yeah you don't you need you need to have something like a 323 or i mean probably th- those things are probably expensive now i i did see one i went to all japan day down in glenelg a few weekends ago yeah and i saw one and I was wow. wrapped. Just it was a four door one. So yeah, was it just parked on the street? It wasn't part of the no, day. No, it was. It was, par- <laughs> it was parked on the street, but it was definitely part of the day. Yeah, and okay. it had gotten there early enough so that it was right up close, and it was orange. Mine was white. Well, whitish. Yeah. It was a dusty white. Yeah. And when I say dusty, I mean like you touch it, and like the white would come off on your <laughs> fingertips. Yeah, the old school lead paint days. Yeah. And this this master at this uh, at the old Japan day yeah. was beautiful. Like it had been cared for, and you know it was been washed and polished, nice. and there was no sort yeah. of rusty bits on it. And it was parked next to one of my favourite cars, the Nissan Skyline R thirty two GTR, huh. all in the in the gunmetal grey of the you know the few that did make it to us. Just a beautiful vehicle, and I was kind of saw that one and went yes, like great. But I was taking photos of the Mazda. Yeah, that's that's of kind course. of what I like about those car things as well. Well, nostalgia is a big part mm. of car show days, and especially for people like us who really like cars. We've lived through a few lived generations a few cars. of cars. Um, yeah, it's a nostalgia is a huge part. You see, oh, like I still see old um, Toyota Corollas, which that's a story for another time. Mm. But I I love them as you know, and yeah, see like an old eighties, early nineties Corolla, which is now like classic car kind of kind of territory. Well, um, yeah, 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 it's getting there. Right, yeah, no. yeah, you just yeah, they feel that pang of nostalgia and like, oh yeah, great cars, great cars. 
I mean, sure, they might not be as comfortable as what we're used to these days and they might not be fast and they might not be efficient and they all blah, 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 but they're <laughs> great. But I, or I, safe or yeah, stylish. Or all or these the, things. Yeah. But <laughs> I so guess, what was good about them? I guess probably the, the point is I was younger when I was driving them. Yes. <laughs> and it makes me feel younger to look at them, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Back to the 323. Oh, yeah. Look, the thing that... I loved it. Obviously, it was my first car and it was fine and great and I drove around in it and, you know. Yeah. But the, the most important thing that sort of happened about this car when I during its, during my ownership was the way it ended. It was this sort of one-two whammy of, of change. And, and so, settle in. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the story. All right. Let me, the, let me get comfortable. Three, and two, three. I'll kick back and you tell the story. So, the way that it left my hands begins. I'm in uni. And I'm going to a party in a place called Gawler, which is like an hour, an hour's drive north of the city, just conservatively. Yep. It's still part of Adelaide, but it's on the out. It's a sort of a township, sort of a suburb, one of those kind of areas. And me and three friends are heading out to one of the three friends' friends, one of those kind of situations. Yeah, which, sure. Let's all go to a party. It's miles away out of town. We'll drive there and then, you know, it'll be fun. And so we did. But we only made it as far as the outskirts of town called, uh, which was a small airfield. Parafield. Parafield Airport. It wasn't the international airport. No, it's the, what is it? What is Parafield? Second busiest airport in Australia, Parafield Airport. Really? True story. It seems so small. It is very small. There's a lot of small planes going going in and out of it. It's a lot of private planes. But that's uh, neither here nor there. A lot of Cessnas for you. In the heaps um, of Cessnas in the kind of in the vicinity. Anyway, so we made it to the Parafield has the airport and it also has the airport Bottolo. <laughs> so we made it to the Bottolo. That something went wrong with the car. Pull, pull, pull. Nothing. And so I sort of go, well, this is the party's still on. It's Saturday night. This is a problem for another day. It may not have been a Saturday actually, but you know, this is a problem for another time. And so we just kind of pushed the car into a parking spot hoped no one had a flat stick with them and then we went off to the party and then we crashed at the party it was a big someone's big sort of uh, you know farmer rich farmer winery type house and the party was fine wake up the next morning went right get on the train at Gawler catch the train back to Parafield and kind of got off at the Parafield train station which was sort of in the middle of the air, of the airfields it seemed yes it, yes it is there was no yeah. buildings around it no yeah, I, I actually used to work at Parafoot Airport. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, did some uh, aircraft maintenance there back in the day. But yeah, you, you're right. The the train station is, it's in a field. Well, oh, well, that's how we, yeah, me and my well, one remaining friend by this stage, the other two had kind of gone, yeah, we'll smell you later. <laughs> we'll actually get home because I had to get my car back somehow. So yeah, walked through these fields, finally came you know out of the field, emerged to find the Parafield Airport, Bottolo. My car miraculously is still there. I call the parents. We do ringing around. We get a, a tow truck at last. And the tow truck takes the car to my family mechanic, who we just, you know, they're, another, they're a story for another podcast, but they always look out for you. They know a guy. They know everything. We take it to the mechanics. We take it to the, uh, the, you know, there it gets unloaded. They open the bonnet to look at the engine. They kind of diagnose a few things and then they take all the spark plugs out of the engine and so there's holes at the top of each cylinder there's four four mm -hmm. of these holes and then someone kind of does a bit of a crank turns the engine over just by hand 
and it was this beautiful little fountain where as each piston head kind of <laughs> raised up you sort of see one four two three boop, 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 these little spits of water spitting gracefully on the fender of an mg that it was parked right next to and they all oh wait stop stop <laughs> stop that's no, okay it's there's water in the engine it's fucked yeah yeah water's if you don't know a lot about cars, then this isn't the podcast for you. No, it's fine. <laughs> Welcome aboard. But yeah, there shouldn't be water in where the petrol yeah, should be. As a general rule. As a general rule. So, RIP Mazda 323, it's dead. Yeah. That's, that's the end of part one. What am I going to do with a dead car? You take it to a wrecker. And it turns out what you actually need to do is... It, wreckers don't pay for the... A Mazda 323, as it turns out, they will pay. They will accept payment to take it away. So my good mechanic mm. rings around and finds a wrecker who's not going to charge me to take it away. That was the best they could do, and I was pretty happy with sure. that. So we pushed it out on the street because they were, you know, they weren't going to be sort of working over the weekend, and we sort of just pushed it on the street, left it parked there, and took the plates off it. Took right. the plates to the. I took the plates home with me. The next day, I took them to the Department of Motor Vehicles to be or transport or that place, and filled out a form, and put the plates in this kind of this purpose-made slot. Surrendering plates. Put your surrender plates in this slot. They had yeah, a, a like special a library. One. Yeah, exactly like a library. But it's weird to think that that happens so often that they need a special slot where you post these things. In, it was in the office. You could have just handed them over to the counter. Huh, okay. So the plates yeah. go away. I get my form. I date it. They sign it. They stamp it. Good. Cut to about a month later. And because this is my mum, you know, I bought it off my mum. And because it's my first car. Uh, well, you still haven't bought it yet. I still haven't bought it yet. So it's mum's car. Yeah. Hers is the name on the, the ownership papers, the registration details, and the large fine that turned up in the post about a month later, which was a fine for basically leaving a car parked on the street for a long time. And it was also an additional fine because it had, didn't have any plates. They had to send... It wasn't just a matter of a council worker coming along and working out whose car it was. They had to get someone to come along and break into the car and get the open the bonnet and get the VIN plate to work out who owns this hunk of chunk. God. And so that turns out to be my mum. And so they find the car. They find it again because it's still just sitting there on the street. The wrecker who was going to come and pick it up didn't pick it up for a week it wasn't in anyone's way it was sort of industrial zone but it was still there and it was wasn't it wasn't in a parking zone or anything like that yeah so it kept getting yeah. fined and fined and fined and no one knew we didn't know and uh, the, so this fine sort of racks up and finally f- makes its way to to my mum who kind of turns around and asks me what the what the bloody hell this is and i um and r and work it out but i've still got the piece of paper that i got from the when i surrendered the plates and it says, you are no longer the owner of, of this car sign here. Um, and I go, well, we shouldn't have to pay this fine because it's technically not our car anymore because we've surrendered it. Yeah. And that seems fairish enough. And so we, instead of paying the fine, you can either tick, you elect to pay the fine or you elect to be prosecuted and fight it in court. <laughs> you got time on your hands. Well, You're a uni student. I had time on my hands. My mum, who uh, worked full time, a bit more than that, she's a, a, a busy, busy woman. She had to go to the magistrate's courts in town <sighs> to answer her case. And so we went into a real courtroom. We were, you know, there was a case ahead of us that was something about fences. And then, okay, <laughs> case number 9361J422. And mum gets up and 
sits on the stand and the judge, there's a real judge and he wow. reads out the charge and goes, look, you've elected to be prosecuted because you say that this car that's attracted all these fines doesn't belong to you. And mum went, yes, here, look, I've got this piece of paper that we signed that says... Proves it. Proves it. The car, yeah. we signed the, the car off on the 4th and the fine was issued on the 7th, for example, and that's when they started racking up from. And the judge sort of looked at the two things and went, yeah, this... I mean, you put the car there, you were the last person to touch it, but then you didn't own it anymore. You had made arrangements to have it taken away. Removed, that was yeah. all you could have done. And so the case dismissed. No fine for you. Part part three. This is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets interesting. The next time some registration papers turn up at our house for a, another car, you know, the next car to need registration papers because they would post them out, had a big new letter on the front and the registration law got changed to say that even if your registration expires and you surrender the plates, you are responsible for this car and its VIN number until such, you know, uh, until such time as it comes into possession of someone else or is written off by an accredited wrecker. That's brilliant. So you... You and your mum changed the law. Yep. Ah. That Mazda 323 changed the law that meant that... Or the legal loophole. Well, yeah, if we closed could, the loophole. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we identified the loophole that meant you could just basically just dump a car anywhere, sign a form saying, that's not mine. And walk away. And walk away. Leave it. No longer. All right. Well, that yeah. Look at that. Look at that. The 323. And that's the 323. Changing minds and hearts. And it's probably sitting. causing a lot of headaches for people these days. <laughs> well, good. They yeah, shouldn't be leaving yeah. their stupid, stupid, crappy old <laughs> hatchbacks <laughs> on the street. Oh, good. Speaking of crappy. Oh, let's move on to our... Segment three. Segment three. Feature car of the week. The... Holden Captiva. Now, we're going to... Talk about the whole. We talked about it last episode. We're going to talk about it more, but I think this is hopefully what we're going to do to just lance the boil, get it all out of our system, really squeeze yeah, it. Yeah, we can't talk about captivas anymore. They are uh, they are a pustule on on our minds <laughs> and on the roads. They're the clot floating around the limbic system of the. <laughs> the they transport. are everything. They are everything we we don't stand for. They are cars that. Are purely to get you from A to B, not particularly quickly, not particularly economically, not particularly comfortable, I guess. Stylishly. Ju- or stylishly. They are just, they are cars for people without backstories. They're cars for people who name all their kids really similar sounding names, but not on purpose. Correct. Someone eventually goes, how come all your kids start with a J? And they, what? it'll be the first time that anyone's ever pointed it out to them. That's how they notice it. We, we, talk a lot about nemesis cars yeah and i think we'll we'll do a proper we'll touch on nemesis later yeah we'll do a proper run through in a future episode but this is the current nemesis car for yeah. both of us. yeah we, we will go into it in more detail mm. in, at another time but yeah nemesis car is basically a car that you see on the road and you just have an irrational hate <laughs> of the car and unfairly the people that are driving them it's so unfair my other one is suzuki swift because right. it's the worst Named car in the world, you know, you know why. And right. the fact that you've made that connection—that's that's now hardwired. You it's won't hardwired. be able to get rid of that yeah, that, yeah. that prejudice. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a Swift, but they never seem to be able to quite get up to the speed limit. If there's a car that's in front of you, and 
you want to be in front of that car. That's a nemesis car for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And I think the these Holden Captivas, they, I think we both started noticing them and discussing them at about the same time as we both started really, I guess, coming out to going, I just love just driving around. It's fun, isn't it? It's good just, all the time. Yeah. We just love driving and these are cars for people that don't like driving. The they, they just need a unit of car. We've described it as... Holden Captivas are like a stingy scoop of ice cream. They're just round and, yeah, they have a function, but there could be anything else about it. Absolutely. It's a a stingy scoop of ice cream with no cone. (laughs) You're just holding it in your hand. No sprinkles, no wafer. Yeah, you're bang on there. Not even cutlery. Yeah. You have to eat your Holden Captiva with your teeth and that's how you feel about driving in general if you've got one. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, full disclosure here, we haven't looked into any facts and figures about the Holden Captiva. All the we, I mean, you don't need to because all the facts and figures are on the back of the Holden Captiva. Diesel, LTZ, Eco, Captiva, Diesel. It says it twice for some reason. It does. I don't know why. Different fonts. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like obviously, when you when you're putting stickers on your cars, you want them to be like evocative and like uh, you know Exciting. like BMW has the M and Audi has the RS AMG oh. has that little it's all sporty and racy and yeah. they're leaning forward letters and yeah you want those sort of things on your car sure I mean I'm the sort of person that would take everything off but it's personal choice personal choice but if you're the kind of person that wants all those stickers on your car why are you choosing to have diesel stamped on the back of your car LTZ. It doesn't even mean anything, these things. I'm going to pull you up there yep. just with your selection of the word choice. Yeah. I put it you're to you right. that, that anyone who is driving a Captiva hasn't read those stickers, isn't aware of that. They their haven't existence. gone through the options list. They just, yeah. They could probably go, I think there's sparkle on the back. Great. Yeah. I mean, they're probably, in fairness, they are probably the most durable thing on a Captiva. Is those, those stickers. Those little, yeah, those badges. Mm. You were doing a thought exercise if a uh, Captiva was a barn find. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you could imagine if, uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the concept of a barn find, it could be like you've opened this old barn in the countryside and there's a, there's a classic 911 in there, all dusty but basically okay. They make the news when you when there's yeah. a really amazing barn find. Yeah. I mean, a barn find of a Captiva would just be a little pile of dust and you'd scoop it up in your hands and the sand would fall through and then there'd just be a diesel <laughs> badge remaining <laughs> in your palm. I'm going to rebuild this Captiva from here. And you've got the best bit right there between <laughs> your fingertips. I'm going to start with the badge and build from there. That's probably what they do in the factory. I actually suspect that when we're talking about barn finds, most people who are kind of aware of them think like, yeah, like a chicken shed that's got, you know, a Holden, a Holden uh, Monaro in it, covered in poo, but still it's there, you know. All you got to do is clean her up, clean her up, and yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. But I think with Holden Captivas, when we talk about a barn find Captiva, what's probably better to picture is you're looking at a barn, you yourself walking along and you see on the side of the street, there's a barn there, there's chickens in it, there's kind of dust over it, a bit of grass sort of around and through it. And the longer you look, the more you realise this is 
a Holden Cap TV. It's got chickens <laughs> in it and there's little, you know, wooden ramps throughout the thing and there's <laughs> hail through it. And then it's like a magic eye. As you look at it, you realise it's, oh, I haven't found a barn. I found a Captiva that I thought it was a barn. And then like you'll be sitting there watching and a little family will come out and they'll get into the barn and it'll start up and off the Captiva will drive chickens kind of flying around and exactly that's, right that's how it, it works with the captiva is it a vase is it two ladies faces it's a captiva it's a captiva <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and of course i don't know if we've mentioned this already but gray they are always gray mm. it's mm. as if when holden left australia the company is in mourning and like a widow who only wears black this is a car company that only wears grey. The same colour as the road. It Safe. blends in. It's it, it, You're right. It is kind of like a bit of a poetic. Just Let's just melt into the tarmac of history. and You don't want leave, to be noticed. No, yeah. via the, via the Cat-Tiva. Because once the Holden Commodore stopped being made, that was the end of exciting Australian cars. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a sad, it's a sad day. I mean, you know. They could always come back, but right now, it's grey, grey, grey. Look, as you could challenge us on this as well. You could might say, "Look, I've seen an orange one, or a white one, or a black one." But look, I, I want to tell you, listeners, if you're seeing a captiva in a colour other than grey, that means that you're seeing the colour within yourselves. That's Correct. you, you beautiful person. It's your bright soul reflecting on it because they are only grey. Only grey. You saw a. Um, a family getting in a Captiva down at the beach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw... Um, they're yeah. not. We rag on Captiva drivers, but they're not all. They're, they're not, not bad not people. Th- they're not bad people no. at all. They're not bad people at all. They just they just don't care about driving. But yeah, I, I saw a, a lovely family, a mum and three kids, and the mum's smiling, the kids are smiling. Everyone's happy. They've had a great day down at the beach. They've had a little scoop of ice cream put directly in their palms. A little scoop of ice cream dripping through the fingers. <laughs> And they just, they get to the car and the doors open and the faces just drop and it's like, right, this is the end of the day. Not not sad because we're leaving the beach. We're sad because we have to get back in the Captiva. See, the, the, the sun, the the, uh, the radiance from the children's cheeks, just the glow turns to a sullen grey. <laughs> just to match the car. To match the car, to match what's going on. It's, it, was, it was unbelievable to witness that... The great day, everyone's happy. Even somehow, mum had like this golden locks shining in the breeze and as soon as the door opened, they just... Yeah, turned to dusty grey. You you almost told her to just brush her hair. You can do better. (laughs) You can do better than the Captiva. It's not so bad. There are other better cheap options. If you want a big cheap car... Don't get a Captiva. No. Koreans are doing amazing stuff these days. The Kias and the Hyundais, you don't need to go gorgeous. Captiva. I don't mind saying it. Those those Captiva-sized cars that are being put out by Kia and Hyundai now, they, like, you know, the Ionique 5 and the Kia version of yeah, it. Yeah, they are, they are head-turning, Just those cars. Ro- they look like retro future robot. Yeah, that, yeah that, they are really cool things. And I would... Yeah, I would, I would say to you if you if you are if you are listening to this and you've got a Captiva in the garage and maybe you're feeling a little bit, you know, you know what attacked, <laughs> attacked, attacked is the right word, but you can do better. You can get 
Korean car. I mean, the Honda Captiva is made in Korea anyway. Why not get a good Korean car? Which would be literally anything else. We will shine a spotlight on these these other cars. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. But yeah, we won't... Yeah, we have to take the spotlight off the Captiva at some point because... It just absorbs light and joy. It absorbs light and joy. And there's a finite amount in the world. It will. In a world with Captivas, (laughs) there's only finite joy. Yeah. They're like a black hole of joy. Or a grey hole. Yeah, it's almost as if that it's it's almost as if it's cheaper to keep making these crappy cars than to fold the company. Yeah, like a Yeah. Like, like running at a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know when you're in a bad say you're in a bad job or whatever and you're just like, Oh, I, I should leave, but it's a bit of effort and I can't be bothered right now. It's paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, it's paying the bills, fine. I'll stay here a bit longer. It's like that's what they're doing with the Captiva. That's the yeah. That's the, the Holden Captiva is the car equivalent of just staying in a job because you sort of can't be asked looking for a new one. Yeah, I don't want to. Fi- I don't want to update my resume. Whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay it's here for difficult. a bit longer. Yeah, I will change eventually. And Captiva drivers, today's the day. Get out. Sell them. Rip the plates off. Sign that little form. And walk away. But make sure <laughs> that, you know, you get a wrecker to come and take it for you because thanks to, thanks to me and my 323, that will that won't turn out well for you. Yeah, that is a shame. Or it might. It might just turn into a barn. <laughs> you just yeah. don't just stop driving it. Stop driving it. Just let the chickens take over. Yeah, the chickens are going to have a lot better time in it than you will. Yeah. I mean, Sure. The Captiva seats are probably not as comfortable as a piece of wood. But nonetheless, they're It depends the if you range. get the LTZ or not. <laughs> yeah. The LTZ. I wonder what LTZ stands for. I, I just thought it standard, stood for Lutz. I just like that <laughs> name. Possibly. What a Lutz. Sounds like something from a Mad Magazine. Yeah. It's got a bit of a, a Jewish insult vibe about it. What hey. a schmuck. Oh, yeah, Lutz. <laughs> you Lutz. So it's lots of talks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I with see. Zed. For cool. It, it doesn't cool exactly kids. stand for things, but you, that's the Holden Captiva. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. The Captiva doesn't stand for anything. No. Yeah. Oh, Captiva. I feel a little bit better, actually. I've got the, got I'm the not Captiva. sure I do. Okay. <laughs> I, f- I feel about the same amount of anger. The thing with the Captiva <laughs> is that... Oh, we're still going. I'm, no, I'm still going. Oh, it's good. just that, that nemesis car thing where, yeah, if there's a car... Pinballing to either side, it's a Captiva. If there's a car in front of you that's just slowing down to look at street numbers, even though it's a main road, it's it's, it's, a, it's Captiva. a Captiva. Yeah, you're right though. They are the worst. <laughs> look, let's wrap up. Let's let's go out. Let's punch a nun. We'll feel better. Okay, that's the Captiva. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you have a car story yourself, you have your own Nemesis car. You want us to talk about something else? You've got a You've got a car you want us to shine a spotlight on? Let us know. What's the address? Just going for a drive at gmail.com. Just going for a drive is one word at gmail.com. That's right. And you're listening to Just Going for a Drive. See you next time when we just go for a drive.